As we take the temperature of where we are with this pandemic, and joining us is Dr. David Jacobs, Ontario Specialist Association Chair and Coalition of Ontario Doctors. Dr. Jacobs, welcome. How are you? I'm doing quite well. How are you doing? Hey, I'm good. I'm a little confused. I want to ask you, first of all, before we get into the announcing of the testing and everything, you know, from your point of view, where are we as we go into this weekend with this virus? You know, testing is being announced that it's been increased and we're getting kind of, you know, some conflicting stories every day about whether we're winning the numbers game. What do you say? Well, uh, the reality of it is, is that in some areas of Ontario, we're winning, whereas in others, we're kind of status quo. So if you look at a place like Thunder Bay, where we only have one case, we're winning. If you look in uh, Toronto, we're status quo. We haven't done incredibly well in terms of beating down the numbers in the GTA. Who's getting it and where, and do we have that data, and would it help if we knew more about it? Well, we certainly do have the data, uh, and it's readily available. And uh, in terms of who's getting it, well, again, the greatest number of cases are in the GTA, and then after that, the Peel region and York region. And in terms of who's getting amongst those people, uh, it's, it's hitting the elderly disproportionately uh, in higher numbers in terms of at least the ones who end up hospitalized. We had some focuses where we say, you know, could could we do better and who's responsible? In Campbellton, there were three more cases linked to a doctor who didn't self-isolate. Is that surprising to you from the medical profession? Well, you know, I we have to remember uh, doctors, nurses, we're all human. Uh, and we're uh, as prone to making uh, errors in judgment as anybody else is. Uh, this was clearly an error in judgment, um, and it had very ne- it's had very negative consequences. Uh, if I could see any silver lining to this, it's to show people how serious it is that you must quarantine after travel, and how how easily transmitted. The disease is and how asymptomatic people can spread COVID-19. So it, we, we, we can learn something from it, but it, 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 was, uh, it was a lapse in judgment, in my opinion, and, uh, and it's an unfortunate one. Yeah, we've seen those, and that's part of the, the new way we're looking at this virus as we watch lapses in judgments and then we kind of judge. I, I want to ask you about what seems to be a, a really emerging aspect of this is how we get it. And let's face it, it's one of the most important things we can think about, and I'm kind of transfixed by uh, the way this story has changed. First, we found out that it wasn't just about fomite, which is, I know, the scientific word for the hard things that we can pick things up. And then it was about aerosol and singing and choirs and all that stuff. And now there's actual talk about airborne transmission, that it might even hang around in the air a little bit longer. How has that changed what we know about the risks and what we should avoid? Well, so that's a sub a topic of great debate. So first of all, if somebody uh, has a respiratory droplet 
and you touch it and you touch your eye or touch your nose, that is a very good way of catching mm-hmm. this. If somebody coughs and you are in the six-foot distance from them uh, and you get a respiratory droplet, these are larger droplets in your mouth or on your nose or in your eyes, that is a very good way of catching this. But the idea of an aerosolized uh, spread is really what people debate. And an aerosolized spread means that the tiny, tiny microscopic droplets uh, get into the air and they can go for many, many feet. In fact, they can go up to miles in the air. Um, So the argument against it is that people argue that this would have spread much faster if it was truly aerosolized. The argument for it is that places that haven't uh, sorry, that have had the greatest success at stopping the spread are places where people routinely wear masks when they're sick uh, and where masks were mandated early on, early on in the disease. So um, there's still going to be a lot of research on this, but my position has always been very clear. If you're going to be in a confined space, wear a mask, even a homemade mask, so long as it fits nice and snug, you will protect yourself and you will protect others. What about testing, too? I mean, big announcements from the Premier trying to gear up and also doing this kind of regional testing, focus testing. Is that the right path, Dr. Jacobs? Oh, my goodness. Yes, is it ever the right path? So we've really struggled with testing, um, and uh, I'm, I'm really pleased to see the Premier take this approach because just random testing has its place, but if you have targeted testing, if you have a question that you're trying to answer, not only will the testing be more effective, but you don't need to do as much of it. Uh, and by looking at regions, we can start to say, okay, well, this place is safe, and now we can just focus on quarantining anybody who comes up with the illness and contact tracing, and this other place is not so safe, and there's a lot of community spread, and we have to have a different strategy. And because Ontario is so large and and communities are really separated by many, many kilometers, uh, you can have different regional strategies. And I, I think that we've seen this also in uh, other provinces where, uh, and it works, it works. We're a very large province. So the new testing strategy will help open up Ontario much faster and will give us a better idea of where we stand with COVID-19. Dr. David Jacobs, thank you for helping us get ready to uh, to mitigate our risks for the weekend. You have the best weekend you can. Thank you. Thank you so much. Dr. David Jacobs joining every evening as we get up to date on this virus. Ontario Specialist Association, the chair, Coalition of Ontario Doctors.